We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski, and I've I've left the frozen north with the snow and the sub-zero temperatures, and back here to the warm climes of the St. Louis area. And I have with me. I am in the same place all year, John. I, you know, you with <laughs> your your summer home, your winter home, <laughs> in exotic Southern Illinois. <laughs> no, good to have you back, John. Good to have you back. And this is. Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church, as always, in beautiful South St. Louis. And you are listening to uh, Wrestling with the Basics. I, I have an editorial comment I want to begin uh, this episode with, but here, here's the thing, uh, dear listeners, since you are listening, now you have to listen next week. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know you didn't know that was going to happen, but this is a two-part editorial comment, and you really need to hear both parts. For it to make sense, it's one of those episodes to be continued that yes. everyone loves. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, all right, you're already committed. You need to listen. But, but here's my thing. Uh, real soon, in just a couple of weeks, uh, uh, we're going to be in Thanksgiving. The Christmas season has already started. Right. As soon as Halloween's over, we're already getting focused on Christmas. And I know, again this year, we will have the war on Christmas. So, Matt, what does that mean to you when, when people say the war on Christmas? Because you know we're going to be hearing it over and over and over again. But what does that sure. mean to you? Sure. I think for, for me, you know, what is what is Christmas all about, right? Is it about yeah. is it about Jesus? Is it about Santa Claus? Is it about Rudolph? Is it about Frosty? Is it about uh, Hanukkah, for that matter, right? Don't forget Christmas altogether. Um, is, it, is it sacred or secular? I think that's one way to put it. So, so the big thing, the big thing is, do you say Happy Holidays or do you say Merry Christmas? Oh, that's what okay. it comes down to, John. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. So here's what I'd like to propose for all of our listeners, at least. Let's just have a truce, okay? <laughs> Let's not go to war <laughs> this, this, this Christmas, all right? Because here's what I'm thinking. So if, if you're sending out pieces of cardboard that have a picture of, of a snowman on it, <laughs> Or, or uh, 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 yeah, our, our Rudolph, okay? That's a good example, too, a Rudolph. I'm actually thinking, I'm glad that you're saying happy holidays, <laughs> okay? That's probably what you really need to be saying is happy holidays because that's not what Christmas is about. No, that has nothing to do with Christmas. Uh, and so, uh, you know... What, what so is your Christmas all about? What's, tell me what Christmas is all about, man. Go ahead. Well, 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 Charlie Brown, I'll tell you what Christmas yeah, is. Yeah, what is Christmas? What is that? Yeah. Like Linus of the, the penis yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's all about, yeah, it's all about Luke chapter 2, right? It's all about uh, Jesus' birth for us, um, coming to the world to be the Savior of, of the nations, uh, that one who was, was born for us in the city of David, who's Christ the Lord. So so that's that's what we're, well, in fact, what we're celebrating if I can use the big technical term, we're celebrating the incarnation of God. <laughs> the fact that the one who created this universe, which get this, Matt, because we've been listening to these science lectures, 
there are more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's just amazing. Yeah, you just can't get over how big, how big the universe is. It just blows your mind. And yet, this God decided He loved us so much He wanted to be one of us. And, and and you know he could have done it a lot of ways. He could have just come full blown in his humanity, you know, a thirty year old guy. But no, he said, no, I'm going to do it just the way they do it. I'm going to be born, you know. I'm going to get inside a woman's womb. Uh, man, I'm getting older. I'm getting older, and I know, hopefully not for a while, but I know there will come a time when I'm going to have to change my diapers again. Man, it happens. Yeah. I know you don't so you think come, about it. Come full circle, John. Yeah, yeah, come full. <laughs> but I'm thinking how humbling that is when a, when a yeah. person reaches that point where you have to have your diapers changed. And here's the Almighty God, the Creator of the universe, and that's what He does. He He comes in a form where you have to change His diapers. How how humbly humbling that is. Of course, yes. it's just the beginning, isn't it? Because He's going to go and do everything just the way we do it. He's going to be lonely. He's going to be hungry. And he's going to die. But he does that because we are so important to him. How important can someone be that you'd want to be just like them and and understand what life is like for them? And there indeed is no greater love than this than a man laid down his life for his friends. So, yeah, it kind of makes uh, 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 Rudolph pale in comparison. (laughs) You know, I like Rudy. I (laughs) like Rudy. But it kind of pales in comparison. So here's my thing. Don't don't get all upset about the fact that people are going happy holidays. The fact of the matter is a lot of what I'm sharing with you I actually stole from a thing that C.S. Lewis wrote over 80 years ago. Uh, and, And he saw it then, and we just didn't see it. The world has never been celebrating Christmas, Matt. Oh, they probably got in with the gift giving and the card sending and the parties because they love the parties. Another excuse to drink, another time to get a few days off from work. Who who would be against that? But yeah. they never really were celebrating what Christmas is all about. So so here's my suggestion. Let's quit going to war. Let's just do our Christmas thing. And when people ask us about the hope, why is it that we don't get so worked up and so excited like everyone else is and they're wore out and they're tired? Well, we we kind of do that too, but then then let's let's point out to them that we have a peace that passes understanding. That trust me, you will never get from Rudolph as good as Rudolph is. You will never find this kind of peace and comfort and the knowledge of God's love and forgiveness that you find when you really celebrate what Christmas is all about. So, any any comments you want to add to that, Matt, and then we'll get on with our our text. Yeah, just a big amen, John, you know, to bring to mind again, especially as we enter the season of Advent, what Christmas is about, what we're waiting for in our Savior's coming. And yeah, as far as sending out the the cards with with Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman and saying happy holidays, at least those people are being honest, right? I mean, for them, yeah, it is, I mean, yeah. just 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 a holiday, yeah, not much more, uh, you know. Uh, but yeah, like you said, as we have opportunity to bear witness to the fact that no, it's it's infinitely more than that. <laughs> this is about the salvation of the world, and and their salvation in Jesus Christ. And and I just have a feeling if we just quit fighting the world and just go about our business of worshiping and celebrating the great joy we have with a God who has become one of us. I, I think as the world gets more and more secular, the world will say, how come these Christians, what, where do they get? And then then we can tell them, well, come to church with me. And, and then, by God, I hope that whoever you go to, whoever preaches there, talks about Jesus. <laughs> okay? Yes. So this is also to all you clergy out there. You have a big responsibility <laughs> to make sure that what you preach doesn't sound like anything that the secular people are preaching. 
preach. We don't care about what you think are good things for people to do, but we are concerned about people knowing about a God who loves them so much that he would become uh, one in their flesh. Um, And this relates actually to the story I want to share with you today. It is the story of the ten virgins, because it is a story about what, what the United States was like in the last, say, 70, 80, maybe even 100 years, where everyone appeared to be Christian. That's what it seemed like. My wife tells of how you would go to church, and if somebody's car was sitting in the parking lot, oh, oh, what's wrong with them? They didn't go to church. Uh, But, of course, even though it looked like everybody was a Christian, they, they weren't. And that's the parable of the ten virgins. Matt, if you don't mind reading, let's just read the whole parable, and then we can talk about it. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm eager to see how you work Rudolph into this, John, <laughs> into Matthew 25. We'll see. We'll see how you do it. <laughs> well, no, Rudolph is for next week. Come oh, back next okay, week okay, okay. for part yeah, two right. of the okay, editorial, because I do want to talk about Rudolph. But that's okay. part two of the editorial. Uh, Matthew 25, Matt, uh, verses 1 through 13. All right. Uh, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, yeah. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. So we're going to have to unpack that, John. (laughs) Jesus talking about ten virgins here. Uh, Five of them were foolish, five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight was a cry, Here is the bridegroom! Come out to meet him! Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are running out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So, so Matt, what do you think about this parable? What, 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 when you read this, what, what kind of thoughts cross your mind? You know, oh, boy. Yeah, um, all sorts of thoughts here. I mean, so I think as we, we look at that parable, I think, you know, one of the things we want to do is, is identify, well, who, <laughs> what is Jesus talking about, right? Who are these different groups? And, uh, I, you know, as we look at this, you know, it's pretty consistent that uh, Jesus is pictured as the, the bridegroom, right? You know, that's, that's in the Gospels, uh, in the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about that. So Jesus as this groom who is coming. Uh, and then the church is often looked at as the, the bride, right? The bride, and in this case, maybe even you could expand that to, to mean even the bride's attendants, right? These, these bridesmaids. Uh, but as you point out, you know, we don't want to say, you know, th- there's an issue here because there's two different groups of bridesmaids in this particular parable, so we can unpack that. But in general, uh, looking ahead to um, what the kingdom of heaven will be like, uh, as Jesus says in the opening verse, when the bridegroom comes. So really, ultimately, point us ahead to Jesus' return uh, on the last day. What is that going to look like when Jesus returns? What's that going to look like for, for the church? So, so the... Uh, Something I never thought about before is we, we call it the parable of the ten virgins, uh, but the word that's used there in the Greek could equally mean ten girls. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, not 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 children, not children. Uh, the word there would be someone who. Uh, well, I think our, our equivalent would be uh, teenagers. In fact, they were in, in Jesus' day. The word here would have been used for teenage 
girls. Uh, um, uh, adolescence is a term we would use. They never would have used the term adolescence. In other words, it, it, it's not a child girl, but it's not a married woman yet. It's that yes. kind of in-between place. Uh, and, and that struck me that, that maybe we should emphasize that because he's talking to his disciples. Matthew is very explicit about who this parable is addressed to. It's addressed to Peter, James, John, these big burly fishermen, <laughs> you know, the guys that could pull in a net of two, three hundred fish and not blink an eye. In fact, Peter did that by himself. And here Jesus says, well, let's start by this. Gentlemen, you need to picture yourselves as a bunch of little girls. <laughs> a bunch of teenager girls. <laughs> a bunch of teenage girls. And I'm not, look, look, I'm not trying to be sexist here, but the fact is nobody wants to be a teenage girl. Uh, I'm sure big burly men don't want to be called teenage girls. Uh, uh, women don't, uh, you know, I say to my wife, oh, you're my little girl. And she says, I am a woman. That's what she says to me. I'm no little girl. And even teenage girls don't want to be teenage girls. <laughs> Because is, is your is your daughter a teenager? Yet? Oh yeah, yeah, she's fifteen. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? They 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 want to grow up right away. They, they I remember my daughter Naomi. She wanted to dress. She wanted to act like she was in her twenties. No one wants me. But but it just occurs to me. So the whole parable comes is framed in. And if you're going to deal with the end of the world, you have to deal with it in humility. Okay. No, as you talked about a few weeks ago, you cannot be the big, bold Peter who says, you know, we gave up everything for you, Lord. What what are we going to get? Or, or the Peter who says, you know, I'm, I'll am i go to prison, I'll die for you. No, that won't cut it. <laughs> All right. So that's the first thing. Whatever this end of the world stuff is, we're going to have to come at it humbly. And it's, it's nothing new, is it? Because Jesus said that a few weeks ago when he said, you know, there's no great people in the kingdom of heaven. No, here's the one in the kingdom of heaven. And here it was even more extreme because in that instance, he pointed to a little child. Um, so I just said, well, that, that's, that's interesting. But as you pointed out, that isn't enough either. It isn't enough just to see yourself humbly because apparently you could still be foolish and you certainly want to be wise. Well, now let's unpack that, Pat. Uh, Pat. <laughs> I've been watching too much Chiefs footballs. <laughs> yeah, Pat Mahomes. Went, went, okay, no. That's a different, that's a different yeah, uh, yeah, podcast yeah. that we do. Uh, but what is the deal He gets paid here? more than me, John. <laughs> I know. He gets paid a lot more than all of us together times 20. Um, what, what, what do you think? What is the meaning of the, the lamp? Uh, well, well, first of all, let's just because this is what's obvious. What made them foolish in the story? What made them foolish, Matt? So, so they they don't have enough oil with them. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think you you know we got to unpack to a little bit just what okay. what is because this sounds weird because you know you what today we get, go to a wedding right you know you, you go yeah, to the wedding yeah. and it's you know maybe on a Saturday afternoon and then you you go to the reception hall and you're there for a few hours and then everyone goes home right. And that's kind of our American wedding. <laughs> um, but this is in the context of the first century and the Jewish customs. And as you read commentaries about it, it's we don't know all the details about how a Jewish wedding worked in the Old Testament or the New Testament even, really. Uh, but we get some glimpses, right? So there was a, a betrothal period, 
And, uh, you know, we think of even Mary being betrothed to Joseph, right? So this betrothal period where you're kind of legally, you know, connected to each other, you would even need a certificate of divorce to be separated, but yet you really weren't fully married, right? You weren't yet living together or sharing a a home together, sleeping together, right? Um, So this is talking about that, that marriage then and that celebration where finally now the groom and the, the bride are, are united. And so the, the bride would be, would be in her home and you know, her attendants would, would be ready uh, to attend her as the groom comes and then takes her into his home. And then there would be a wedding celebration and maybe even goes on for days and days. And then finally then, yeah, they are husband and wife and she lives with him and they, they, are, they are. The two become one flesh, right? So and, this and is, she's not a virgin anymore. Yeah, she's not that's, a virgin. That's yeah, the transition. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So the, the, the consummation of the marriage, right? There and, you go. And yeah, that's a beautiful, you know, God-blessed gift, right? That's wonderful. So, so this is within the Countess. And finally, right, it's the consummation. Finally, you know, they're going to be married. You know, been waiting for this for a while. And, and the, the bride maids, the, these, these virgins, these teenagers, now they're, they're part of that celebration, right? They want to attend uh, as the, the bride meets the groom, and they're ready to celebrate with them. So that's, that's a big deal. So to be ready for that, they have their, their lamps, and it seems to be lamps that are fed by oil. Um, but there's a problem. Uh, the wise virgins, the wise bridesmaids, they, they have enough oil, uh, but the foolish ones do not. So, so, and, and, and it's interesting, the word foolish there in the Greek uh, is variously translated idiot, stupid. <laughs> okay, I'm just pointing out, it's a yeah, really, really yeah. extreme word that's used there. Uh, my favorite is, uh, my, my current uh, gospel translation I really like is by a gal named Sarah Rudin, and she says silly, silly, which fits again the idea of teenage girls. They're just, and, and of course the silliness is just that, Matt. Uh, did you bring your flashlight? Yeah, I got my flashlight. Does it have any batteries in it? Oh, oh, <laughs> you need batteries? Because <laughs> okay. obviously it doesn't do you any good to have a lamp uh, if there's no oil. Yeah. Um, and, and, and applying it to, to what we were talking about before. See, that's the thing. On the outside, they all look like they belong, don't they? They're, yep. they're, they're, they're all got their, their, their lamps. So that's the outward appearance of Christianity. Uh, Augustine uh, felt that the, uh, uh, the fact that they were virgins uh, showed that they had avoided what was wicked and wrong. That's what virgins do, right? They, they keep themselves holy and pure. So outwardly, these people looked because, uh, and, and see, I'm thinking, this is the way it was in the United States. You, you would outwardly look at people and they seemed like they were Christian that they, they belonged to churches, that they did not rob liquor stores, they did not hang out at, at strip joints. You know, outwardly, these people look like, wow, these are just... But, but now we're beginning to see that maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't what they seemed to be, which I think is a good thing. I think yeah. that's a good thing. Uh, um, but yeah. now we come to the really... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Matt. Well, I just say, oh, just yeah. affirm that, John. You know, now, now coming to worship on a Sunday morning, that's countercultural. That's yeah, what, most yeah. people do not do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the ones that do, and I think, you know, uh, people of all ages, but I think in particular some of our younger families, the ones that they do, that do come, they are very intentional about that. This is, this, they're all in, you know, by God's grace. You know, this is, 
this is not just a Sunday morning ritual. This is who they are. This is their identity as baptized children of God, uh, not just on Sunday morning, but all week as well. And, and I, I rejoice in that. Um, you know, uh, I, I, not that, you know, not that everyone comes to church is perfect and, you know, pious, you know, and, and do no, it all the no. time, John. I don't want to give that impression. But, but yes, I think that yeah, today it is countercultural. And those who do come, they're not coming, you know, just because that's what you do, uh, but it's becoming because that's who they are. That's who they are in Christ. So, so, see, you actually hit it on the head because, yes, yes, people were coming to church because we were good and we were better, and this is how we demonstrate to everybody what fine, upstanding citizens we are. And, and now, finally, people are coming to church because we're not good, because we are sinners, because we have not loved, yeah. because we have yeah. doubted, and we're coming so that we can be assured that there's still a God who loves and cares for us, see? That's that's why I think we're in the best time that that we've been in Christianity for a long, long time. Um, the same thing happened in the Roman Empire uh, when Christianity suddenly became the the religion of the emperor, and then it was amazing how many Christians there were in Rome. <laughs> yeah, overnight, <laughs> <Okay>. right. overnight, <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah. wow! All right, but now we got to get onto the parable. What's the oil? Because that's the thing that's different. Okay, we see that it's stupid not to have oil in your lamp, but what in the world is? The oil that makes yeah. the difference between the wise and the foolish. Well, that's a good question, John. <laughs> There's lots of opinions about that. So yeah. we're not talking about literal oil. We're talking no. about again what what is that oil that that that's preparedness. And I I think one way to one way to define it is just simply whatever makes you prepared for Jesus' return. Okay. So you know. So I think repentance, um, yeah. forgiveness, um, the means of grace. Uh, to be in, in connected to word and sacrament. That oil is, is whatever it is that you are prepared as a Christian for the return of your Savior, Jesus Christ. So, I mean, I think that's one way to look at it, John. I mean, uh, so I would say what, whatever that is. And for us, I would say, well, mainly, you know, word and sacrament uh, to sustain that faith so that we are indeed ready uh, at Christ's return. So, so you're right, Matt. I, so I, I, I checked out the early church fathers. I checked out uh, modern uh, uh, commentaries. And, and, and uh, of course, a lot of people say it's about good works, right? And we know that, that, that our, our faith should show itself in the works. You'll know them by their fruits. Sure. Uh, other people say it, it is about faith, that there needs to be faith. Repentance is the one I like. As you can kind of see from my uh, talking about how you have to be humble. We're just Definitely. little girls. Yeah. Uh, um, let me share. Let me show you with a quote from Lenski, because I thought this is, and Lenski, of course, for those that don't know, is this, this uh, sainted uh, Lutheran commentary that, that we all had to study when we went to seminary. Everybody had to have uh, the collection of Lenski's works. Did they still do that when you were going to seminary? Yeah, I mean, I've got it on my shelf right behind, right here, John, as I'm recording. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, you know, one of those, one of those common, I wouldn't say that's the, was the, that wasn't the only standard, right? But it is a, I think, reliable, faithful resource, a good tool to have in your pastoral toolbox. And yet we never used it because he went on and on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> and we're thinking, couldn't he have done it like in a paragraph? <laughs> so let me share with you. He says, we may call this oil spiritual life, faith with its works, even the Holy Ghost, as some do. All right, so anything you said, that's, that's all possible. 
We prefer to think of faith and its works as being the flame of the lamp. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. So faith and the works is the flame. The grace and the power of Christ and his word is the oil, which is kind of what you alluded to when you talked about word and sacrament. And the outward forms of Christianity as the lamps. We have the exposition in 2 Timothy 3, 5, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We must have both. And he he almost sounds Pentecostal. Listen to this next verse. It almost sounds Pentecostal. Hundreds of people attach themselves to the church, but are never reborn and renewed. They may even do great deeds in and for the church, yet inwardly remain strangers to Christ. Their folly is revealed in the end. Um, And so I agree with you wholeheartedly, Matt. I I don't think it's one thing. It's a whole bunch of things. Uh, But it is the thing that makes a difference between just being, having the outward, the outward appearance of Christianity and really being Christian. Uh, It's the difference between celebrating a merry uh, Xmas or a happy holiday or actually really rejoicing in the fact that God came and died and rose again for us. Um, and so here's here's my final comment as I was wrestling with this for my preaching. You know what? This parable is saying to you and me, Matt, and it's saying to all of our listeners, who are you? Are you wise or are you foolish? And here's the thing that scares the, the heck out of me. I don't always know, Matt. I don't always know. You said repentance? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I always repent, yeah. Matt. I don't know. I don't know that I'm always as humble as I should be. Man, I often get proud. I get proud about this show. Uh, not not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on occasion. Uh, and if it is, if it is, if it is good works, well, I do, I do some good works, but you know, the good works remind me of all the good works I haven't done. And I, I could easily say with Paul, the good I want to do, I don't do. And man, if, if it is faith, if that's what it is, well, then I'm a hopeless case because any little thing comes up and right away, I'm just full of doubt and worry and, and fear. So, but, but here's the one thing I do know, Matt. If, if, if anyone out there is concerned whether they have enough oil or not, don't be like these stupid people in the text. You're not going to find any dealers open at midnight, Matt. <laughs> okay? Yeah, you're right. And while, you, yep. while you're running around trying to take care of this thing on your own, you're only going to find that, that the, 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 the master has come and locked the door and you're left outside. I know this much. If you have a concern about how much oil you have, you're not going to answer it by your own works. Here's the thing I think is really cool. That the problem with their lamps is they, they are what, what's it say? They, they're 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 diminished. What's the word there? Um, their lamps are going out. Isn't that what it says? That's the exact same word that is used earlier in the Gospel of Matthew when he promises us that he will not extinguish a dimly burning wick. It's the exact same word in that verse. He will not extinguish a dimly burning wick. So if you have concern about the oil, you just pray, Lord, have mercy. You just say, Father, uh, forgive my trespasses. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from And I can guarantee you, you will have more oil than you could ever do with. Enough to keep your lamp burning now and eternally. And Matt, I didn't give you any chance to say anything, but I think we've come to the end of the show. Is that all right? 
That's fine, John. Sounds Hi. This has been Wrestling with the Basics. <laughs>